The all-new Chevy Colorado is made for more. Stacked with the latest in-vehicle technologies like a class-leading 11-inch diagonal center touchscreen and an extra-large wireless charging pad. Plus, it features wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto compatibility to make staying connected easy wherever your adventure takes you. Chevy Colorado. Made for more. Learn more at Chevrolet.com slash truck slash Colorado. Claims based on latest competitive data. This is the On The Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman. Welcome to episode 100 of the On The Banks podcast. I'm your host and managing editor, Aaron Brightman. Thank you so much for being back with us for our 100th episode. It's been quite a journey over three years. Never envisioned that the podcast would become what it has uh, and just where the site is today versus when I took over now. It's going to be six years next week. And uh, just extremely thankful. First, want to just thank Lance Glenn, who who uh, really made this podcast, you know, into something I never thought it could be. And um, just the the amount of guests and great content that we've produced, which has always been the goal here at On the Banks, is you know, it's 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 all about just delivering a different point of view and unique take on things from a fan perspective that other fans. Can appreciate and really can't get anywhere else and i think we've been consistent in that just some of the guests we've had in the past pro athletes former Rutgers alumni like todd frazier Duran Harmon, erica wheeler we've had almost every Rutgers uh head coach past and current uh since we've been on the air uh you know we had anthony ashnall nick soriano uh exclusive right after they won their national titles just so many great guests over over the last three plus years uh and and 100 episodes and really appreciate to all of you who have listened, even as to, to one episode or we're all 99. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, very, very excited to welcome in a special guest for episode 100, uh, Rutgers men's basketball coach, uh, Steve Peichel, uh, someone that has obviously elevated the program in a way that we all had hoped for. But year four and five, you know, really taking this program to new heights, would have gone to the in-state tournament uh, in 2019, uh, went there, excuse me, 2020. Went there this past spring, uh, won the first uh, programs game uh, in NCAA tournament play in 38 years. Uh, and, and really, the optimism, you know, was an interesting offseason. I think there was some panic setting in with some players that left. Um, but he really has stayed the course and been a steady hand leading the program the last five years and really wanted to touch base with him about all the changes this past offseason and the future ahead with this team heading into the fall. So, um, Really excited to have him here for episode 100, and we will welcome him in now. It is now my pleasure to welcome in Rutgers men's basketball head coach, Steve Peichel, our guest for our 100th episode of the On the Banks podcast. Coach, thanks so much for being here. I made the 100th episode. That's a good thing, and I uh, appreciate you having me on, and it's good to it's good to talk to you. Uh, I miss seeing you all the time during uh, the uh, basketball year, but uh, always a pleasure. Thanks so much, Coach. Uh, definitely excited about uh, the year to come. Just wanted to to touch base a little bit about last season. Congratulations once again on earning the first NCAA tournament win for the program in 38 years. Uh, and obviously coming in such an unprecedented year with COVID and all the restrictions that, that were in real life. How much of an adjustment was it for the players and yourself just dealing with that on top of the increased expectations um, and the weight of having to accomplish what you did. You know, it was the, the most difficult year. I've been now a coach for 30 years, you know, and uh, 
the obstacles that COVID brought, you know, and, and, and I could talk about them on the phone. You have to live them, but we lived it every day. There was pressure, um, not just to win basketball games and, and the normal pressure that goes on student athletes. You know, COVID was an invisible enemy around the corner every day, getting ready to shut, you know, programs down. And, you know, the time I spent with the doctors and the time we spent with our medical staff and the time we spent with the testing agencies and the time, you know, that was spent just educating our guys on the, on the different obstacles that, that COVID presented was just unbelievable. And, and uh, to describe it, you know, was just every day, you know, in the worries that went with it. But luckily, you know, it, goes to without saying we didn't have one shutdown our guys did an unbelievable job the sacrifices that they made it wasn't a normal college year every day I spent telling them that you can't do this you can't do that you can't stay away from people you know basketball is a team sport so you want people together and you want them together a lot but COVID divides you and you know so the mission that you had on the basketball court was totally different than the mission off the court that was go back to your rooms and lock yourself in the room when you really want great chemistry and you want guys to hang out and have a good time and you want them to enjoy college so um, two two really different agendas going on during a COVID year and, and coming off a year the year before we were in the NCAA tournament so they had the weight of 30 years and 38 years and all that stuff too that they had to hear for two years so you add that to it and you know tip of the hat to our guys the, the great year that they had and um, the great spring that we had in summer we're having as good a summer as we've ever had as a program and couldn't be more proud of, of, of this group and next year will be you know my best team they're, they're really talented and, 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 and super connected and they've been they've been awesome so excited glad we got through last year i think we learned a lot about our program and, and about you know us as as a team and uh hopefully we can continue those lessons this year and with, with all the success you've had over the past two seasons um and just having to overcome what you did to, to to accomplish that you know do you feel that there's a little bit of a weight off yourself your coaching staff your players and has this offseason almost been a little bit of freeing or liberating in the sense of that's behind you now and now you can kind of just go play and focus on getting better? You know, no, I mean, expectations are great. When I first took over the program, there weren't many. Um, I think, you know, what I said to my staff in our last meeting is in, in five years, we've really, we've gone to two NCAA tournaments, even though, you know, one didn't officially count. We were in every, we were in. And so uh, what's happened here has been unbelievable. And, and when you throw on top of that, that every kid has graduated and that we're selling out the rack and you know, guys are trying out for NBA teams and having workouts. And, you know, so what has happened here has been unbelievable, but it, it, it's to the work of the assistants. It's to Pat Hobbs, the athletic director. It's to the facilities changing. It's to the fans, you know, that have come out and made the rack a hard place to play. And there was a poll the other day, you know, hardest venues in the country to play at. And I'm saying five years ago, no one had, you know, Rutgers on that list. And now we're on that same list with Cameron Indoor and Kansas. And, you know, so, uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of work from a lot of people, but most importantly, it's been our players and the sacrifices that they've made. And, you know, we want to win a national championship here and, uh, that's what we've talked about. So, you know, pressure, there's always pressure on everybody. Um, I mean, this group works, they're in the gym, you know, I always say to people, uh, just prepare, prepare to be great. And that's what we're trying to do every day. And we got a great group of guys. So we're looking forward to continuing the journey and making Rutgers basketball, you know, consistently really good and compete for national championships. And just touching on, you mentioned the rack, obviously it's exciting. Uh, you know, it was announced that it'd be full capacity this winter uh, for fans to be back. 
did just want to ask in terms of, you know, what you went through last year without having fans also with your players, everything they went through, how concerned are you with the current status of, you know, Delta variant COVID still being around uh, now and just how you've handled that with your team in terms of vaccinations and just, you know, preparing for still it being part of your daily life going into uh, this season? Yeah. I mean, it's going to, I think it's going to be part of our lives moving forward here. So, you know, again, we have a terrific doctor. Uh, We have terrific procedures in place. I think we've learned a lot from the year that we had. And again, our guys did a great job, you know, sacrificing last year. We strongly have encouraged, you know, every student at the school to, you know, be vaccinated. And uh, that's a huge step for everybody. Uh, But excited, you know, to get people back in the rack. The rack was a great advantage for us. I miss the students. You know, I miss all the, you know, the band and, and the dance team and the cheerleaders and all the people that make it a great environment, our season ticket holders. And our players missed that last year a great deal. And, uh, you know, I'm first looking forward, though, to our football season. So that's first around the corner. It's great to have people back and the job Coach Chiano's done, like the energy that he's built. I mean, I can't tell you uh, in my five years here. When you walk around this campus and, and what has changed here and the two new buildings in athletics and uh, Mike O'Neill, the soccer, women's soccer coach, I was over at his practice yesterday. They're probably, I mean, he always, he makes it look easy. He goes to NCAA tournament every year. Hall of Fame coach down the hall. She makes it look easy. Goodale downstairs with wrestling. He makes it look easy winning national championships. And, and, and you know, the job that Coach Chiano's done in his short time here, you, you know, it's just been spectacular. So before we pack the rack, let's pack the football stadium and and let's, you know, support the heck out of, you know, really good coach and, and, and uh, the job that he's doing. So I'm looking forward to going to those games first. And then uh, hopefully we can uh, make it a fun year at the rack again, like it has been. So building off that point, you know, you've spoken since your arrival about the importance of building up the community uh, and the support around your program. You know, I've talked to a bunch of other Rutgers coaches in the last year, and they've all spoken about the positive support and morale that's going on right now within the athletic department. But they've also specifically, each one of them has mentioned you uh, as kind of someone that's reached out uh, and, and supported their individual programs. How important is building that type of culture within the athletic department overall and how do strides across the department help your program progress as well? Well, I mean, we're all in, you know, it's athletics. So we're all in and I respect these coaches. Some of them have been here a lot longer than I have and have one with no buildings and have one, you know, under the obstacles that were here. Uh, we do play in the best league in the country. And, and it's not just in basketball and football. It's in every sport. This league is dominant across the board. And I enjoy the other coaches. I've learned a lot from from all of them. I mean, the job Meredith does in, in, in field hockey, I mean, she's as good a coach, you know, as you have. And how about the lacrosse programs, too, this past couple of uh, years and the job that that they've done? And so, you know, across the board, just some terrific things going on. And, and we need the support of the community always. And I think for young students to come and watch Big time athletics at a big time academic university is just just exciting. And I know just being here for five years in the state of New Jersey, I see more R's now on cars than I ever saw before. And uh, I know a lot of people are excited. We got great alumni base. Um, It's a great university. So it's awesome to go out and support other coaches, but they come to all of our games. So it's, it's great to have that kind kind of camaraderie. 
So shifting gears a little bit, I did want to bring up a, a hot off-season topic and, and to give you credit for, for making that Seton Hall series a priority, keeping it going, extending it. There was uh, The future was uh, seriously in doubt at one point. Just wanted to, to ask about you know why it's important to you, the rivalry, uh, uh, to yourself, the players, the program, and to the state of New Jersey. Well, I mean, Seton Hall has been a great program and, and Coach Willard's a great coach. So, But I think, you know, New Jersey basketball is... Uh, it's terrific. And I think for a couple of days, we can kind of own New Jersey, Seton Hall and, and Rutgers. But I, I, you know, I thought it was very important. You know, it's been a great game, you know, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing, you know, to play that game for, for a long time. So I'm thankful that it was able to get done. And just uh, in terms of other kind of offseason news, um, you know, uh, name, image and likeness rights is now obviously a, a part of uh, the college athletics experience went into effect in July. Geo Baker obviously took the lead, uh, was, a, was a prominent figure in that change. How much have you been proud of the way he's handled the situation? How has it changed, I guess, the way you interact with your players in terms of education or support in that area? Well, first of all, I've been you know real proud of all of our players, all the different issues, social issues to name, image and likeness, to dealing with COVID, to dealing with, you know, Kobe Bryant was a big thing. You know, the different obstacles that this group has gone through in a short period of time is unbelievable. And uh, how they've handled it has been, you know, exciting. And, you know, and Geo certainly had been at the forefront. Um, that's an issue too. Name I remember the O'Bannons, you know, uh, Charles O'Bannon dealing with, you know, back when I was a player. So this has been an ongoing, you know, issue that a lot of people have spent a lot of time with. But you know, I'm excited about any opportunity uh, for our players to make their lives a little bit better, um, to give them the freedom to make decisions and you know, move forward with uh, some opportunity. So we're still figuring it out. I don't know quite honestly if the NCA has it figured out. This is, you know, it's a huge you know, topic and, uh, you know, just looking forward to educating our guys as best I can and helping them as best I can as, as they continue to try to promote their brand and, you know, their name, image and, and likeness. So, you know, learning as we go and, and hopefully it gives our guys a lot of different opportunities to make great decisions about how they want to move forward. So just uh, shifting a little bit with recruiting, you know, how has your approach to recruiting changed uh, with, you know, obviously the transfer portal being, you know, a big part of the off season now, uh, much more commonplace. And then also just with the success you have had on the court, has it increased the level of recruit that you're now targeting and, and what's your kind of philosophy been? Um, and, and, and also I will add how, how excited has it been for you to be able to actually be back on the trail this month, physically being able to watch recruits play? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's been the biggest part of it. You know, when you can't see players play live, there's a lot of things that you can't see. Highlight films are very different than the, the real film, you know, and, and you just see how they interact and just see how they take care of their teammates and how they interact with their head coaches and their trainers and all those different things. So for a, almost a year, we weren't able to do any of that. And, and uh, people also weren't able to come on campus and see the campus and meet teammates, you know. Um, so I really think it's a difficult time when kids are making decisions off of a Zoom call, where they're going to go to college and what the practices are like. I've always liked kids come back to a practice, come back to games, come on campus as many times as you can unofficially. Use your official visits. You know, I think that's the best way to get a kid to come and know what he's, you know, going to be involved with, know the people that are going to surround him. So COVID took you away from all of that. You know, so I honestly think there's going to be more kids in the portal because decisions were made 
based on not as much information as you would normally get. And I also think for coaches too, you're basing your decisions on film, which is a great tool that I like to use in the recruiting process. But my first tool is seeing players play live and making sure that they're fits for Rutgers. Everyone wants all these players. It's always funny to me. Get this guy, this guy, he's number seven, he's number eight. Do you know anything about him academically? Do you know anything about him athletically? Do you know how coachable he is? Do you know if he's willing to get up in the morning and work out? And is he willing to be a good teammate? How is he in the locker room? You know, everyone, you know, a number, let's pick the number. Well, I don't know if that's the secret to success. And, and, you know, I still think you got to make great decisions. The portal comes out and within five minutes, every, Oh, this guy's ranked number three. How come we're not getting them? People like, I talked to him on the phone. Like I'm not interested in a guy who's taking the most shots on his team and he wants to come to Rutgers. And all he's talking about is how many shots am I going to take? You know, like that's probably not going to be a great fit for me, you know, and you're already taking the most shots on your current program. So if shots are what you're talking about, you should go back and hug the coach and, and thank him for letting you take the most shots. So try to be smart in recruiting. I think we got two kids off the portal that are unbelievable. They were the only two kids that didn't talk about starting and, and, and they didn't talk about how many minutes they didn't talk about how many shots they talked about being a part of something great. They wanted to get an education from Rutgers. They want to be able to compete in the highest level and highest league. And, and, and so I'm really thankful. And, you know, it took time to, to find those kids in the portal that are going to fit Rutgers, but we found two really good ones. And, and so I'm thankful for, for them, but I'm also very thankful, Aaron, for the guys that have returned. Okay. Those are the guys that I love to talk about. Everyone talks about guys that leave. And I'm saying like, we have really good players that are in the program. Let's talk more about those guys and how much better they've gotten and what they continue to do for Rutgers University. You know, I think that's just as important, but the portal makes it all about, you know, the rest of that stuff. So it's a new toy too on the, you know, so everyone's talking about it. a couple of years. I think that'll always settle down. There's always been transfers out there just a little bit more now and COVID gives you an extra year too to transfer. So just a little bit different, you, you know, kind of obstacles. So let's talk about those players diving into the roster. You know, um, you mentioned at the top that, you know, you feel like this could be your best team since you've been at Rutgers. It seems clear to me that your, your vision is really taken hold of this roster. It's really shifted towards a positionless uh, type basketball. You have uh, everyone on the roster, I believe, except uh, Gio and Jalen Miller are over 6'6 six, six or, or bigger. You know, what is it uh, about that uh, ability to have players play multiple positions and having length at every spot? Um, you know, fill, fit into your vision for this team? Yeah, I mean, I think versatility is always an important part of, of building programs. And, and I always think the really good teams are the teams that have the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth man are, are really good. And, and they're, you know, willing to come in no matter what it is. If someone's injured, now they're in the starting lineup, you know, but they're willing to come in and do uh, all the things that are needed, you know, to have a winning program. And, you know, I love the fact that, we have guys that can play multiple positions. I mean, Caleb McConnell can play a lot of positions. Ron Harper can play a lot of positions. Paul's going to play the point guard position, but Paul can be moved around and he can play a lot of different positions too. And we can take advantage of his, you know, versatility. But we, you know, Jaden Jones, another, you know, six foot eight guy, he's gained 22 pounds since he arrived on campus. He's another guy that can play multiple positions, but can really shoot the ball. Mawat Mag 
is another guy and, and going to be one of our better defenders, um, you know, right from the start and, and, and do great things for us. I love, you know, the improvement in Cliff. Cliff had the best offseason. You know, the Nigerian national team, we all know how good they are being out there for 10 days. But he works relentlessly and he's been healthy and, and is going to have a, a, a terrific year, too. Um, so, you know, I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited about Dean Reber's development. I'm excited about Oscar. I think adding Ralph and, and Andre Hyatt, two very versatile. Ralph will be as good a scorer around the basket. And Andre can play a multiple amount of positions, and he's got a seven foot seven wingspan. So our length and our size is as good as it's ever been. Uh, but I love our chemistry. I love the locker room right now. Um, these guys have been great. And, and so versatility is a big part of it. But you always got in a 30 game season. There's so many obstacles. And now throwing COVID, you could lose a guy for 14 days and 16 days. You've got to have guys that can step in and, and play multiple positions with foul trouble and, and those kind of things. And we have, you know, we have a good team like that. But our length is unbelievable, as, as lengthy as we've been. And so that should bode well for our defense and blocking shots. And we got to become a better rebounding team this year. We, we took a step back last year in that department. Um, and we got to become a better defensive team, that, you know, than, than last year. And, and, and we're going to definitely do that. I think we have the pieces to do that. And um, I think the guys have that kind of mindset. So touching on that chemistry piece, um, you know, obviously having Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. back, you have, a, I think, a, a little bit better balance of uh, veteran players and some young, younger players as well. Ron actually recently spoke to one of your former stars at uh, Stony Brook, Jameel Warney, on a podcast and had kind of talked about how in the past, you know, um, players were, were looking to score a certain amount of points. And he just seemed to have really matured uh, and, and spoke about the importance of supporting everyone in their roles um, and really, you know, focused on the team's success over individual success. How, how have you seen a change in him and the leadership and how much does it help for you as a coach to have so many young players? be able to learn from guys like Ron and Gio? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, very important to have, you know, really good veteran guys that have been through a lot, you know, and, and every year your program's in a different place. When you're rebuilding programs or starting really from scratch where we did, you're always kind of young, you know, it, 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 you know, and so we finally gotten to the point where we got a great blend of young guys and, and veteran guys that have been through a lot and have won a lot. And, uh, you know, to get Gio back and to have Gio and to have Ron and to have Caleb and Paul back as true veteran guys that have logged a lot of minutes. And then, you know, we're bringing back five starters. Cliff started, you know, until his uh, knee injury. So we're really, I think, you know, there's only one or two teams in our league that are bringing back five, you know, five starters. So to have those kind of veterans, but then to have the guys that the Dean Reber's, the guys that I know are going to help us a tremendous amount, Mawat, you know, uh, Jalen Miller will be one of our best defenders from day one. And, and the fact that he can guard everybody strong and tough and got unbelievable lateral quickness. You know, he brings an element that that we need now that Jacob Young is gone. He can guard the ball any you know, any guy on the ball, he can guard, you know, in, in Jaden's length and, you know, all the different things that, that we have. And, and Andre Hyatt, another really good defender who's a veteran defenders, you know, for, for a while. So when we got to stay healthy, we got to stay COVID free. I think those are always the big things. And we got to have great, 
great locker room. And uh, so far we have, and you know, now we got to live through the different obstacles that the season brings and continue to have that same kind of spirit and same kind of approach to, you know, to win a national championship. From an offensive perspective, you know, you mentioned replacing Jacob Young and you talked about Paul Mulcahy playing that point guard role. How will the offense be different with, with Mulcahy? Obviously, Young was more of a penetrator, uh, but Mulcahy, you know, uh, quite the passer. Um, but but And also, how do you think that will impact guys like Gio in terms of being able to, to maybe play off the ball a little bit or just have things open up in a different way? Yeah, I mean, the great part of our team has always been, you know, when Ron Harper rebounds the ball, he's the point guard, you know, and brings it up. So I, I never really get, everyone else gets caught up in positions. I just put good players on the floor. Uh, Paul's a good player. Um, he'll have the ball in his hands, but I also want Paul to rebound. You know, I want Paul to, you know, get in the lane. He, he was the most improved three-point shooter we've had too. So he's got to make threes, you know, so he's going to have to do a lot of things for us as, but so is Caleb McConnell and they're all capable and maybe one game it's better for Caleb to bring the ball up and maybe one game it's better for, you know, Ron to get 16 rebounds and he has, he starts to break for 16. Um, they're all unselfish. We pass the ball. They got great size. They're veteran guys. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. And Gio's a good scorer. And at times with the ball in his hands, he can make plays. So I think we got multiple guys that can make plays with the ball in their hands, but they also shoot the ball and, and score. And, and it's nice to have those options in certain games, take advantage of what the defense gives you. So I look forward to, you know, that moving forward. We will miss, miss the guys every year. You, you lose, you lose some things that have been awesome for you. So, you know, when, when Shaq Carter left, people didn't look at Shaq Carter, huge loss. One of the great locker room guys we ever had. But if you look at his stats, you, you know, like, no, Shaq Carter, huge loss, great captain, worker, guys loved him, you know, that kind of thing. And and so when you lose, you know, veteran guys that have been a big part of your program, there's always, you know, a setback. But it's also an opportunity for those other guys that have been waiting in the wings to do some great things. So I'm looking forward to seeing what those guys are ready for. I think, again, Cliff is going to have a breakthrough season. Dean Reber, people don't know how good he is, a 40-inch vertical, like and he's 6'10". He's a good player. And, you know, and he's really good around the basket and, you know, and Adam Ralph really helps us, you know, to it in those areas. And I love the fact we brought Luke Nathan back and, and having a veteran like him, a team guy going to grad school. I mean, he brings a ton back and Aiden, one of our walk-ons, one of the great kids that we've had. So every guy is so vital. And it's, it's never about the stats. You know, I could tell you the good teams I've been on, the guys with no stats have been just as important. You know, basketball, again, is a team sport. It's, you know, and I tell our guys, you should have played tennis. You should have <laughs> played golf. You know, this is team and it's all everyone, you know, ready to ready to do what they need to do to win. So talking about the defense, you know, obviously lost Miles Johnson, who I think should have been Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. You know, you mentioned the, the, the big man up front that you have now. As a team, how have you approached uh, defensively and, and how does that versatility help in terms of you being able to adjust and react and, and kind of throw different looks at opponents? Yeah, I mean, we're going to be much better defensively. It's not even close. Uh, we got more options. We got more length. We're more connected, you know, and I think what happens is when you start scoring points, you know, you forget sometimes about you know, what, what you need to do. And I'm very focused on, you know, us becoming an elite defensive team and a rebounding team. We did not rebound well last year at times now, partly because we play in the best league in the country uh, with 12 teams ranked out of 14, unheard of in college basketball, unheard of, you know, in, in the last 50 years. 
in college basketball. So that's the league we play in. So if you're not rebounding and defending at an elite level, you got no shot. And and we have a really good focus. And I think we have guys like Caleb McConnell that wants to be defensive player of the year in the league and can be, you know, we have players that can guard multiple positions, you know, and we've added a couple pieces that can really, you know, really defend, but we have to rebound first and foremost off the glass and we'll be much better defensively, you know, at every position um, this year. Just a couple more for you, Coach. Um, did want to highlight a, a player that I think fans should be super excited about that they haven't really had a chance to see yet is Jaden Jones. You touched on him before. How important was it to get him in early, you know, mid-year last year for his development? And, and you know, what are you expecting out of him this season? Yeah, I mean, Jaden's been awesome. I mean, his improvement, you know, again, he came, I think his first day of eligibility was January 17th. So you come from high school, we're at a high school practice on a Tuesday, and now you're in the middle of the Big Ten season. So just to get here was a real bonus for us. To get him in the weight room, he's 23 pounds heavier. He's six foot eight. He can really score the ball. He can really shoot the ball. He's an unbelievable kid. You guys love him on the team. He can score, you know, around the basket. He's got mid-range. He can score from deep. He's, he's a scorer. I love the fact he had, a, you know, has had a really good offseason. And he's really only been here. Um, since middle of January. So uh, his best basketball is ahead of him and, and excited to, you know, add Jaden, you know, to our roster and looking forward to him having a great, you know, freshman year. And then last question, you know, you're entering your sixth season here at Rutgers. It's unbelievable how the time's flown. Everyone talks about a five-year plan. With everything that you've accomplished so far and where the current state of the program is, how, how well do you feel about where you are at as a program? Do you feel you've hit your stride at Rutgers? And, and how well positioned do you feel heading into the future? Well, I mean, I'm, first of all, really excited. I, I've had a great staff. And um, if you told me five years ago, we'd be coming off back-to-back NCAA appearances and in the best league in the country and the best time in, in the best league in the country. And the fact that the community and the students come to games and we become a really tough, tough out for everybody in our league. and and, and throughout the country. So couldn't be more thankful. I mean, but that's Randy Larson. We had the highest grade point average of in, any team in the NCAA tournament this year. We're graduating people. People are coming to games. Um, it's a great university and it's a great time to be here. You know, I'm excited about where our program is. I'm excited about how far we've come, but you know, our goals are to win national championship. And when I first took the job and I said that, I can remember the media scratching their head, you know, on the phone, like, oh, was he talking about? And, you know, if, if Houston was a two seed and we were a 10 seed last year, then we're not that far, you know, from, from where we want to go and, and, and what we want to be with this program. So excited about that. I think we learned a lot. I talked to our players a lot about this. Like, you know, we played a two seed that went to a final four. So that got me more excited than, than anything, knowing how close we are, you know, to, to be in truly an elite program. So thankful and, you know, excited, you know, we never look back now. We're just looking forward and I'm excited about the players in the program. I'm thankful to the guys that have stayed here and continued this great journey. And I'm looking forward to more fun on the journey ahead. Rutgers men's basketball head coach, Steve Peichel. Thank you so much, coach, for your time. Really appreciate it. Excited for the season ahead. And uh, thanks for uh, being here today. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on. I look forward to seeing everyone live. Thanks so much again to Steve Peichel. Always a pleasure to speak with him. And uh, really some great insight on the team heading into the school year. Really going to be an interesting season across the Big Ten. A lot of changes, a lot of roster changes across the board. And, you know, although predictions right now, Rutgers is, is being picked right now anywhere between 8th and 10th. 
I really think they have a chance to finish in the top half of the conference for a third consecutive year and really excited about what they can do this season. Thank you again for listening to our podcast, episode 100. Looking forward to another 100 episodes, OTB underscore SB Nation on Twitter and uh, same on Instagram as well. Football is in the full swing now. Training camp opening this week. Follow uh, all our coverage on the beat, on the site, and look forward to having you back next episode here at On The Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.